Jacques Fesch died by guillotine in France in 1957. He died at the age of 27, having only learned that he would be executed about 12 hours before he walked to the place of his demise in peace. His final words were addressed to the priest that was with him on the guillotine platform as he asked to kiss the crucifix one last time. This man is now considered a servant of God as his case for canonization has been opened. Sorry, I seem to have left out a few details. Um, Jacques Fesch was a murderer, by the way. Jacques was worse than a murderer. He killed a police officer. His crimes were so serious that they considered him a danger to society. Growing up, Jacques was nominally Catholic. He was smart, but he was always getting into trouble. He entered the military, and he wasn't happy. He got married, and he wasn't happy. He was always searching for something more, always feeling like he was owed something more by the world. Even after his daughter was born, he was unhappy and left his wife and moved back in with his own mother. Finally, he felt the best plan was just to get away from France, and so he decided that he was going to buy a boat and just leave. Except he didn't have any money for a boat, so he asked his father for a loan who quickly rejected him. So he did what anyone in this position would do. He stole a gun from his father and robbed a money changer. And it didn't go well for him either. He was injured in the attempted robbery, and the police started to pursue him. In the pursuit, Jacques turned and fired blindly, not even looking where the bullet would go. And it landed in the heart of the police officer chasing him, who died instantly. Jacques was arrested after a short pursuit and thrown into jail. He would enter his incarceration as an atheist. He was put into solitary confinement due to the heinous nature of his crimes. By the end of his first year in prison, Jacques was a devout Catholic. Over the next two years, never knowing if his legal process would result in his freedom or his execution, Jacques became not only a Catholic, but also a mystic, achieving communion with God and an experience of God on a level that only some of the greatest saints ever experience. This deadbeat father, failed businessman, adulterous murderer, is now being considered for canonization as a saint in the Catholic Church. And I don't think that Jacques' story is that far from our own. Jacques was never a criminal before he became a robber and a murderer. He didn't have a criminal past, but what he did have was many resentments built up over many years that clouded his judgment and led him to the point where he felt that he deserved something that he didn't have, and he was willing to do anything to get what he wanted. The other night I was at a stoplight thinking about a situation and a conversation that I had had previously in the week. And I realized as I was sitting at the stoplight, I was replaying the conversation over and over and over again in my head, just trying to figure out a different and better response than the one that I had come up with in the moment. 
As I continued, I realized that my answers that I was coming up with in my head were becoming less about the issue and defending my position, and more about just personally attacking the person I was arguing with. In the AA world, we call this a resentment. I realized I was allowing a resentment to form because I felt I had been wronged. Now, it doesn't matter if I was actually wronged, or if I just didn't get my way, or if I was actually completely wrong in the issue. I felt that I had been wronged. So therefore, I felt justified in letting this resentment grow. But here's the thing about resentments. If I allow them to grow in my head, then the next time I encounter the person that I have a resentment towards, I already have a chip on my shoulder towards them. I may then be short with them. They, in turn, are short with me. I feel slighted again in a new way. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I expect the person to treat me poorly. Then I act differently. They treat me less than normally. And I feel justified in thinking negatively about the person. And next time, it's even easier. The more we allow our resentments to grow, the more, judgment gets, uh, the more our judgment gets clouded, and we can't see things for how they really are. In the first reading, Sirach says that God places before us life and death, and it's up to us which one we want to choose. And we, as Catholics, are given the same option every single day. Choose life or choose death. But it isn't about choosing something and then letting some cosmic force take control over us and have power over us. It's about choosing and us taking control and choosing to speak words of life rather than words of death, no matter what the circumstance. Oftentimes, we cannot choose the circumstances we find ourselves in. This is true. Even if we do everything right, stuff in life may still go wrong. But it is up to us how we choose to face those circumstances. Jacques was in solitary confinement for three years, and rather than let that drive him mad, he chose to choose the life of a monk and was in constant prayer. The beauty of Jesus being fully divine and fully human is that he knows what it feels like to be human. He was human. Therefore, nothing human is foreign to him except for human sin. Jesus always seems to say the right thing at the right time in the Gospels, so I don't know if he ever replayed conversations in his head, but I know that he knows what it feels like to be wronged, to have his feelings hurt. And today, he tells us in the Gospel that it is the head, or the heart, that this is the place that our sin starts. We can be tempted by external stimulus, sure, but every saint in the history of the Catholic Church has said the more we detach ourselves from the world, the less external stimuli affects us. But notice what he says about the nature of sin. He uses the example of anger in our hearts leading to murder. To me, that seems a little extreme on the onset, but in reality, it's exactly what happens. We have a thought and we either dismiss it or we ruminate on it. If we dismiss it, it's gone, it's easy, it's done. But if we focus on it, it grows and it grows. And if it's a negative thought, then the negativity in our heart also grows. 
This negativity will then affect our speech and, uh, and those around us to which we direct it. That negativity then becomes our actions, and if left unchecked long enough, may in fact turn into murder. At least that's the way it happened with Jacques Fesch. He felt the world owed him something that he wasn't getting, so he was resentful towards many people. And finally, it ended in murder. Jacques wrote that the moment he was arrested and carted away, it felt like scales fell from his eyes and he could finally see the world for the very first time the way it really was. And that's the nature of sin. It likes to seclude us and make us think that we are alone. How many times in our lives has a coworker, a friend, a family member, or even a spouse done something to us unintentionally or intentionally, and we find ourselves ruminating over it and allowing this anger to take over our thoughts? Brothers and sisters, Lent is ten days away. Lent is a great time to work on attempting to forgive others and also to seek forgiveness for ourselves by coming to the sacrament of confession. I suggest that you take today, whatever time you have left in this weekend, to start thinking about what you would like to do 10 days from now to offer as a sacrifice to the Lord during the time of Lent or to add something into your spiritual life during the 40 days that we are given so that this year, Easter can be so much better because your preparation for it has been so much better.